0: Mama left her red satin shoes in the middle of the road. That's what three eyewitnesses told the police. The first time I remember my mother wearing red shoes was on a snowy morning in December 1962, the year I was seven years old. I walked into the kitchen and found her sitting at the table. No lights were on, but in the thin haze of dawn that pushed through the frostbitten window, I could see red high-heeled shoes peeking out from beneath the hem of her robe. There was no breakfast waiting, and no freshly ironed school dress hanging on the basement doorknob. Mama just sat and stared out the window with empty eyes, her hands limp in her lap, her coffee cold and untouched. I stood by her side and breathed in the sweet scent of lavender talcum powder that clung to the tufts of her robe. What's the matter, Mama? I waited and waited. Finally, she turned from the window and looked at me. Her skin was as frail as tissue. And her voice wasn't much more than a whisper when she smoothed her hand over my cheek and said, Cecilia Rose, I'm taking you to Georgia. I want you to see what real living is like. All the women dress so nice. And the people are kind and friendly. It's so different from how things are here. As soon as I feel better, we'll plan a trip, just you and me. But what about Dad? Will he come too? She squeezed her eyes closed and didn't answer. Mama stayed sad for the rest of the winter. Just when I thought she'd never smile again, spring came. When the lilacs bloomed in great fluffy waves of violet, Mama went outside and cut bouquets for every room in the house. She painted her fingernails bright pink, fixed her hair, and slipped into a flowery print dress. From room to room she dashed, pushing back curtains and throwing open the windows. She turned up the volume of the radio, took hold of my hands, and danced me through the house. We whirled through the living room, into the dining room, and around the table. Right in the middle of a spin, Mama abruptly stopped. "Oh My gosh, she said, taking in a big gulp of air and pointing to the mirror by the door. We look so much alike. When did that happen? When did you start to grow up? We stood side by side and gazed at our reflections. What I saw was two smiling people with the same heart-shaped face, blue eyes, and long brown hair. Mama's pulled away from her face in a headband, and mine tied back in a ponytail. It's amazing, my mother said, gathering her hair in her hand and holding it back in a ponytail like mine. Just look at us, Cece. I bet when you get older, people will think we're sisters. Won't that be fun? She giggled, took hold of my hands, and spun me in circles till my feet lifted off the floor. She was so happy that after we finished dancing, she took me into town and bought all sorts of new clothes and ribbons for my hair. Mama bought herself so many pairs of new shoes that the salesman laughed and said, Mrs. Honeycut, I believe you have more shoes than the Bolshoi Ballet. Neither Mama nor I knew what that meant, but the salesman sure thought he was clever. So we laughed along with him as he helped us carry our packages to the car. After stuffing the trunk full with bags and boxes, we ran across the street to the Five and Dime, where we sat at the lunch counter and shared a cheeseburger, a bowl of french fries, and a chocolate milkshake. That spring sure was something. I'd never seen Mama so happy. Every day was a big celebration. I'd come home from school and she'd be waiting, all dressed up with a big smile on her face. She'd grab her handbag, hurry me to her car, and off we'd go to do more shopping. Then came the day when dad arrived home from a three week business trip. Mama and I were sitting at the kitchen table, she with a magazine, and me with a coloring book and crayons. When my dad opened the closet door to hang up his jacket, He was all but knocked senseless when an avalanche of shoeboxes rained down on him. Good Christ, he barked, turning to look at Mama. How much money have you been spending? When Mama didn't answer, I put down my crayon and smiled. Daddy, we've been shopping for weeks, but everything we got was for free. Free? What are you talking about? I nodded wisely. Yep. All Mama had to do was show the salesman a square of plastic and he let us have whatever we wanted. What the hell? Dad pounded across the kitchen floor, yanked Mama's handbag from the hook by the door, and pulled the square of plastic from her wallet. Damn it, Camille, he said, cutting it up with a pair of scissors. How many times do I have to tell you? This has got to stop. No more credit cards. You keep this up and you'll put us in the poorhouse, you hear me? Mama licked her finger and turned a page of the magazine. He leaned down and looked at her. Have you been taking your pills? She ignored him and turned another page. Camille, I'm talking to you. The sharpness of his words wiped the shine right out of her eyes. Dad shook his head and pulled a beer from the refrigerator he huffed and puffed out of the kitchen, kicking shoes out of his way as he headed for the living room. I heard him dump his wide, beefy body into the recliner, muttering the way he always did whenever he was in a bad mood, which, as far as I could tell, was pretty much always. My father didn't smile or laugh very much, and he had a limitless gift for making me feel about as important as a lost penny on the sidewalk. Whenever I'd show him a drawing I'd made, or try to tell him about something I'd learned in school. He'd get fidgety and say, I'm tired, we'll talk another time. But another time never came.